Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we're back with part two of Hook. Just want to put it out there. Hooray. <laughs> no big no big intro because no. we have a lot to cover still. We do. Thank, thankfully, because we enjoy it. But the first part of, you know, the, I, don't, I, I wouldn't call it the first half. I mean, it's the first half of our series, but... We only got through what? It's tw- really like the first third of the movie. <laughs> 20 minutes of the movie, maybe right. 30 minutes. Uh, we have a two hour and 20 minute runtime. Because like you need this first 20 minutes. You need to understand the world which Peter Banning's coming from and Ma- and Jack and Maggie. Yeah, it sets up our issues, right? Yeah. So just to give a quick recap, and Jeff, it's good to have you back all the way over in Washington State. <laughs> good to be here. So we are excited to get into the rest of Hook. And just want to recap where we've been uh, in case you're listening this week and maybe you didn't listen to part one. If so, stop and listen to part one. Otherwise, yes, you need part one. Yes, I'm going to give you a quick recap. So obviously, Hook is a story about Peter Pan. Yes. And, and a very creative and for me as a kid, you know, when this movie came out, an unexpected twist, which is that is, is being told uh, from the premise that Peter Pan has come over from Neverland, stayed and grown up. And not only has he gotten, and I'm talking about, he didn't just get older. He grew up. Yeah. In every sense of the word. Yeah. He became a working stiff, mm-hmm. married to his job. He has a wonderful wife, two wonderful kids, and he's completely neglecting them. Yeah. Not out of any malintent. No, he, I think, I do think, he, I, I mean, we know he loves his family, but he's just, his priorities are really askew. Right. His children are feeling neglected, mm-hmm. particularly his son, really hit hard by this. He He's at one of his daughter's plays in the first part of the movie, but he's not really there. No. You know, sometimes you have that, some of you that, if you have memories of parents growing up, and whether it's a parent or parents, and they were there for you, and they were supportive, I absolutely am happy and am cheering for you. That's yes, wonderful. That's yes. how it should be. That's how we try to be, all three of us on the show, right. with our own children. But uh, sometimes you have that parent that was there, but they really weren't there. Right. And then sometimes you have a parent that's just not there. But So Peter is at Maggie, his daughter's play. On the phone. On the phone. He doesn't even show up to his son's game because he's just so busy in the corporate world. Right. Always on his flip phone. And the fact of the matter is, on top of all that, to top it all off, what is the most important thing about I'd say Peter's flawed state. Not only is he just, he's not a deadbeat dad. He's just, he's neglecting his family. Right. But what is the real issue? He doesn't, what is it that he doesn't know? He's all this stuff that's happened to him growing up on earth has caused him to lose sight of what? That he is Peter Pan. He has forgotten completely about Neverland. He's forgotten completely the fact that he was Peter Pan for God knows how long. Right. But he is quickly reminded of it. Yeah. When he comes to visit, Granny Wendy, right? who we find is the Wendy from the story. And when Peter and his family, his wife Maura and his children Jack and Maggie are all there visiting mm-hmm. Granny Wendy, it is revealed that Wendy, who was a young girl, is now a very old, regal lady. Yes. Played by, played by Dom Maggie Smith. But this is when Captain Hook who has, I think, one of the best intros in, in film history. One of the best. Oh, yeah. Because his introduction, you don't actually see him. Yeah, you technically, just, yeah. You just see the aftermath of when he was there. Has taken the opportunity to seize 
this moment right. and take Peter's children because he wants him back. Now, I want to take a real quick second because, Jeff, you have a couple things that you need to kind of clarify and then we're going right. to move forward. But, Brooke, what is the deal with Captain Hook? What is the deal? He's different from any other villain because you would think that most bad guys just want to get rid of the good guy. Yeah. Well, I was actually having this conversation with somebody in our comments um, on Instagram uh, the other day, and we all grew up knowing Captain Hook's bad, and he wants Peter Pan, and he's being chased by the crocodile. You know, all these things. We know all, all right. these things. But, but we're seeing a different Captain Hook But he years crosses later. the line from, like, storybook bad guy to, like, actual villain because he takes a leaf out of Peter's book and comes through the window and not invites children to a lovely flying date to Neverland, but kidnaps them and scratches up the house. And like, right. like he's, he has become way more sinister than we grew up knowing. So we're like, whoa, Hook's for real. And we right. haven't seen him yet. So we're like, haven't dang, seen him yet, man. But this is pretty dastardly. Right. right. Ooh, good word. <laughs> so we, so we cover, we, we, we covered last week Peter's, the issues, issues yeah. the problems. Mm-hmm. Now he, he's forgotten that he's Peter Pan. He's afraid of flying. And then he get, it, it all culminates at Granny Wendy's house when he just loses it on his kids. Yeah, the scene we all that breaks all our hearts. The scene that breaks all of our hearts. And then he gets a he, he gets a talking to by his wife who's like, Listen, you're missing it. You're yeah, and missing we posted it. some of these on Instagram too, some of these scenes. Right. Which leads us to say we have had such meaningful conversations. I'd say some of the most meaningful conversations with our listeners about. Yeah, that we've ever had. That we've ever had. And we really just want to tell you, those of you who we've conversed yeah. with, like, thank you so much for being so transparent. And, yeah. and 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 so thank you for being encouraging towards us for, you know, post, talking about this, me, Toby, and Jeff, mm-hmm. because, you know, we've been, all been pretty transparent about some things. And we just really, really appreciate all the conversations. And we hope that they keep going. Yeah, and you know, with Jeff, who I've known for, gosh, twenty three years, twenty four years. Well, that was you know, just, that's just been since we've been best friends, and we've right. known each other before. I mean, we went to high school together. We were in school together. We were, we were, <laughs> right. you know, we were each, you know, a face in the hall for a long, yeah. long time. Right, it's true. We remember Aww, each that's other. That's weird to think that there was ever a time y'all didn't. <laughs> I know, right? Totally know each other, <laughs> but um, but. Yeah, well, our our friendship really solidified over movies because for Jeff, movies are more than just stories, right? Oh yeah, they're. I, I mean, mean uh, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what kind of person I would be right now if it weren't for movies and you know comic books and you know, toys and things like that that have influenced who I've become. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. and I and, and I and it's not because of the tangible things that uh, like for me a film my love for movies doesn't come from, of course they're fun. It's not the entertainment value. Not just the entertainment value. It's not just the entertainment value. And with toys, it's not just the entertainment value and things like that. What I'm getting at is why I think we've had so many meaningful conversations with, with our great glorious listeners, uh, is that like us, they, they found something real in these stories that that's in their own life. They see themselves in these stories and it, and to a degree, it is real. The magic's real, you know? Yeah. And not only that, I think that, you know, we've all either been Peter Banning or we've maybe experienced a Peter Banning. Yeah. Like, well, like, the, you know, the scene, you know, where he freaks out when he's on the call. I yeah. think, right. you know, 
we've all had that moment, you know, whether, whether we like to admit it or not. We try to be the best yeah. parents we can, but we've all had that moment where like something extremely stressful is going on and we freak out. We take it out on our kids, you know, and stuff like it's that. It's so true. And it's that so was true. such a real, that was such a real moment. Like watching oh, it as a yeah. father, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I know what that, I know exactly what Peter was feeling. So like, you know, when I was a right. kid, I'm, I was probably thinking, oh, what a jerk dad. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but as a parent, oh, I'm same like, here. dude, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And but, I think. I totally get it. It's especially in this age of Zoom calls at home. <laughs> oh man! Um, I I, 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 I want to say, you know, as, and and in light of some of the conversations we've had with some some people who are parents, some that aren't, mm-hmm. but we're still still you don't have to be a parent to be, to be moved by this film. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, there there's something for everyone here, but I just want to say, uh, I, I think my successes as a parent are equal to my failures as a parent. Right. I, I think that. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's so true. I think that being a parent is synonymous with, with making mistakes, with second-guessing yourself, with being all over the place, with being a mess. And at the end of the day, I always say that, you know, if, if, you're, if you're absolutely slam-exhausted and, you know, because you've been there for your kids all day, even when you didn't want to be, then you're doing it right, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying just being present is enough. You know, because being present physically versus actually being there are two different things. Yeah. But I think that listen, we're not. You're you're gonna make mistakes as parents. You're gonna you're gonna totally swing and miss. You're gonna strike out. You're gonna have horrible days, horrible seasons. But you have to keep getting back up. Right. If you end every day with, you know, you love your kids, and you end every day with you are still there, mm-hmm. then you are doing it right. So it's not easy. It's not fun all the time. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want anyone to beat themselves up, you know, seeing maybe they see some of themselves in Peter. I've, I see that. Even Jeff said, yeah, golly, I know exactly how. Oh, that yeah, absolutely. You know, but I, I think once we get to the end of this film and the real message about, you know, what Peter discovers about how he gets back on the right track, about how he becomes who he's again who he's meant to be exactly you know it, it it's really uplifting right and i just wanted i guess i just wanted to put out there like look you know if you're if you make mistakes like we're all in the same boat like join the club you know nobody has it all together nobody has it all right in this thing in this journey called yeah. parenthood Jeez. right <laughs> but at the same time we see that peter obviously there's room for major improvement yes. you know oh yeah as i've seen in myself with my own issues you know, and Brooke and I'm sure Jeff, you know, but um, th- this is a beautiful story. And we're really getting into now the journey. Yes. Right. Because we ended last week with Peter. Um, w- w- we ended symbolically with what Toodles, who is this old lost yes. boy that lives with. He grew up, but he stayed a kid. And he says, what is it? You mean when they find the. Yeah. Toodles. What does oh, yeah, it say? Yeah, have to fly, have to fight, have to crow, have to save Maggie, have to save Jack. Okay's back. Yeah. That is the. That's what has to happen. So we ended with that. So now Jeff needs to give his before we go into the actual rest of the narrative. Jeff, you had a quick uh, clarification, addendum, retraction type thing because you gave us some information last week. Go ahead. Okay. So basically, um, last week I um, I told the story about how it was uh, Nick Castle who his his child drew a drawing and it and that is what 
kind of kicked off and inspired this movie. When in fact it was uh, it was a guy named James V. Hart's son named Jake who drew the drawing. And, you know, basically it was like, that's when this man, I guess, is the one who came up with the original concept that maybe uh, Hook didn't, you know, wasn't killed. In fact, he killed the croc. And that's where, you know, anyway, I just wanted to clarify that because... You know, we sent out these podcasts, and I want I want the correct information to get out there. Nick Castle oh, came that. in; he did come in, and he was a writer on the on this movie, absolutely. He, and, and I think he was the one who kind of came in with the idea that that uh, Peter Pan was like this lawyer, you know, and and all that stuff. And that's when he came in to, as a writer and director at the time. So, anyway, everything else gotcha. for the most part, <clears throat> you know, right on. I'm sure there's you know timeline stuff that may not <laughs> exactly be correct, but Basically, you know that's that's how it how it, went, how it went down. No, that's good. Thanks, Jeff. No, it's appreciate it. And you know, we we want to do our best to bring uh, the most accurate information. Uh, so, yeah, we're good there. Yep, so, yep, yep. Now let us move forward with the narrative, the, film, the narrative, the story. Here we go. And so, actually, we just posted this this week. You know, uh, their flight, the flight to Neverland. So we're we're getting excited. We're gearing up. For yeah, this well, so, of course, you know, what Granny Wendy tells Peter mm-hmm. as far as after the kids are gone, you know, they call the cops, but of course, Granny Wendy knows this yeah, is she not has a... Morgan make the tea, and then she spills the tea. And then she spills, yeah, she spills the tea <laughs> to Peter saying, listen, you are Peter Pan. She she seems to have been to have been shocked that Peter forgot who he was. For her, I guess it's like, Surely you didn't forget that you were Peter Pan. You yeah. just, you know, you like just, maybe you're just choosing not yeah. to. Y- you were Peter Pan, and you've made a conscious decision to cross over and stay here because you fell in love with my granddaughter, Mora. Which I'm not bitter about. The thing is, though, Peter has forgotten. I yeah. mean, the power of becoming so enthralled with the things of this world mm-hmm. has caused him to forget his true self. And again, even though we see it in him, like they they make a point that, you know, in filming this, they make a point to show Peter with his hands on his hips. Oftentimes when he's not, you know, when he's thinking about something, he he has the Peter Pan stance. We know that the audience because yeah, hands on yeah because, you know, I mean, Disney has made that a thing. You right. know, we just we know. And uh, I like how they give us those little hints and they even give it like Peter saying it's it never left him really. He just doesn't he just know doesn't, it's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like those little hints. So it's about remembering who you are, the story. Right. And I think the comfort is there's, you know, we can, we can drift away from who we are by our actions, but at our heart, I think we can find it. Yeah, we know? just have to get back to it. We just have to get back to it, and this is how Peter gets back to it. And so... Peter's response to Wendy, as 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 um, as earnest and as sincere and as powerful as Wendy's, you know, plea to him is. Yeah. Peter still doesn't buy it because the very next scene he's <laughs> yeah. drinking. Yep. He Which is, I mean, I would be too. Yeah, and I mean, he's like stumbling around the. Kids yeah, he's room. been. He, yeah, correction. He's been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> when he's visited by. A very important person. <laughs> this is like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scenes. Who shows up? Tinkerbell. It's Tinkerbell, Julia Roberts. Who is the best Tinkerbell to me? Because it's, it's just, I just love it. 
And, of course, Peter is like, I don't believe in fairies. What the heck is going on? He sees this little thing zipping around. Firefly He's like, what from is hell. Going? Right, the firefly <laughs> from hell. And after some banter and back and forth, there's obviously a deep affection, especially on Tinkerbell's side. Peter's forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. But Tinkerbell has a very deep affection for Peter. This period of time that's been going on, she's obviously respected the years that you would think maybe she she would have shown up sometime yeah. before that. But it's obvious that, no, Peter has decided to go on. He's, got, he's decided to get married, decided to have kids. But now that, you know, Hook has taken Maggie and Jack, Tinkerbell has shown up. They have some banter. Yeah, and and she basically, she tries immediately to get the pixie dust in his face, and he sneezes. He's like, you know, he's just obviously really, she's like, it's true. He's you grew up. At, yeah, she's like, oh, my God. This. You know, and, and then she reminds him of the story. Those of us who've seen uh, the movie or seen the musical or read the book know, you know, I drank poison for you. you used to call me Tink, you know, re- recalling all those things. And um, really, she goes, we got to go to save your children. And he, what's funny is that I don't think he ever really fully agrees. He just kind of falls over and he's like, where are we going? And she's like, Neverland. <laughs> and she just like, kind of like, she, dry, she, I think she's holding him, him by in the a leg. sheet and like yeah. takes him. He's like hanging. It's it's not um, cool looking at all. No, but what I love about that moment <laughs> is when she takes him in the sheet. I think it's like a cowboys and Indian sheet. Like it's whatever. Yeah. And he's and Toodles sees them flying off and his sweet, precious face. He knows exactly what's happening. Yeah. And like you part of you is like, Oh, can't you just go back and get him? He looks so happy. <laughs> but know. you know, he's he's like, Yes, it's happening. So while Peter is on the way back to Neverland, mm-hmm. we then go to the Jolly Roger. Yes. And this is where we have the actual entrance of Captain Hook. One of the best musical themes. Ever. Yeah, we start off with we start off with um with Smee, who is Bob Hoskins. Yeah, incredible performance. Yes. Right? Oh, I love it. He he is Smee, and he's getting the crowd all psyched up. He's getting them all like you know he's like yeah. definitely. His, but that's like, not. Hype. But that's after the iconic walk to follow the following of the hook. Yes, they're bringing the yeah the right. hook hook part. That's like I guess they've shined it, they've sharpened it. That part, I don't know. Like as a kid, I remember being like, "Oh my god!" Like you, the music plus the people plus just yeah. the hype. I was like, I, "I'm so ready." Yes. Like I mean, I'm just a kid, is, and I was like, "I am ready to yeah. be a hook." Smee is like the hype man. There's these women that are these, dressed, uh, yes, dressed like I these guess ladies Harlot. of the yeah. night. Yes. That are in a freaking children's story. They're, yeah, they're there. <laughs> wow. And uh, put your faces on, girls. Here comes me. Yeah. So this is all this, all of this, um, this fanfare yes. is simply for the entrance of Captain Hook. I love it. And of course, you know they. And yeah, they, Peter's dressed up. He's got you know he's got like his this hat and like a yeah. cape. He can't be. I mean, not that they'd recognize him anyway. Tinkerbell but. brings. Peter to the Jolly Roger. Yeah. You know, puts him in disguise. Mm-hmm. Basically to say, this is what's going on, right? Right. Like, you this know. is who he is. This is this is your life now. <laughs> and then he comes out. Yeah. And wait, does Je- before he gets out, though, does Jeff, do you want to talk about any of the cameos yeah. that are present? Yeah, we, ha- we have some cameos. Because we actually skipped a couple. Through. Yeah. That you might um, want to address. So, uh, uh, Toby, you know his name. Uh, he is the, uh, the trainer of Apollo Creed. Yeah, Tony Burton. Yeah, sorry, Tony one- Duke Burton. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's one he's, of uh, um, yeah gained fame as Apollo Creed's trainer in the Rocky films. Mm-hmm. He's one of yeah. he's one of Captain Hook's yeah. pirates. <laughs> of course, he's uh, he's in I think Creed as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He passed away uh, sadly, Aww. sadly that's, in 2016. Right. But he was that's right. Excellent actor. He had a, had a natural ability. He was really good. But yeah, yeah. So uh, we d- miss him. Um, another one. Uh, Jimmy Buffett is in the crowd, <laughs> and that's David my Crosby. One. Yeah, like da- now Jimmy Buffett, I y- is barely recognizable. But David Crosby, right. okay, like yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure, like he just showed up, and like they didn't even have to like go through wardrobe <laughs> like he was like yeah just go in there we'll just film you like just like this <laughs> um, yeah. just get in there man <laughs> david crosby so. from crosby stills and nash the uh, that's right the that's right yeah. yeah um which you can't really miss him if you if you know he's in the movie he actually yeah. appears multiple times he probably has the most i would say you know obvious cameo of anybody but he but he blends in so well you know you might you might miss him and are there any <laughs> others well, we already mentioned Glenn Close, of course. Yeah, he we was, already mentioned Glenn Close. Which well, I didn't then, know. of course. Huh? I, I didn't know about this cameo until I think I watched it on, like, you know, the top 10 Mojo videos or something. <laughs> and she was, like, one of the most, like, iconic cameos. And I was like, I always wondered, because that, that pirate always looked so peculiar, you know? I was like, that's a weird... Something's right. not right <laughs> about that pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it makes complete and total sense. Like so, we have a star-studded cast of cameos. As we said, you know, all this fanfare is leading to the entrance, the <laughs> grand entrance of Captain James Hook, played by Dustin Hoffman, and flawless. It's just really, yeah, like it's like if you were an actor, you'd want you'd want to film a scene where you have an entrance like that. Golly, for real. So when he comes out, he's kind of. Because they're going hook, hook. Yeah. Right? What are they? Yeah. They're they're, ch- yeah. Because he's like, ah, you know, I give you the steel handed stingray, you know, Captain James Hook, and everybody's hook, hook, hook. And yeah. all you see is the hook. And he just, and he's kind of shaking his hands to the, he's kind of, yeah, he's you moving know, to, it rhythmically. To the, to the rhythm. Of, I remember like, Yossi used to do it when he was really obsessed yeah, with Peter Pan. As He'd if they're, as, <laughs> as if this was obviously a daily routine. Yeah. You know, and he comes out and. You know, Smee's like, they love you. And what does he call them? He said, these putrid spawn, how I despise them. But, and he, he <laughs> does, but he would never, ever want them to leave. Captain Hook has to have them. Yeah, yes. He needs these. He sy- needs stupid yes men. Yeah, he needs sycophants. Right, you know? exactly. He really does need them. But regardless of how bad Captain Hook is, and he is bad, it's, he's, he's just outrageously fun to watch. Right. Dustin Hoffman <laughs> plays him, like you said, flawlessly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one of, if not, I think it's probably my favorite role that Dustin Hoffman has ever done. I mean, he and and it's it, such yeah. a it's such an off role for him too. You know, when you think about you know him in the getup, he's almost unrecognizable. You yeah. know, and yeah. and he plays Hook. I mean, so well, and it's and, and you know you're used to seeing him playing like the little you know squirrely guy or whatever, and in yeah. this he's this like you know menacing you know pirate. And he just he just nails him. His reason, you know, it's called Hook, <laughs> not you know. Peter oh, Pan. seriously? Yeah, it is. Even though, interestingly enough, Hook has these moments where you find that he's incredibly insecure. Oh yeah. Um, there, there's the scene where he is, I would say, feigning <laughs> suicide. Yep. And, My thing goes on the trigger. Like he's so. And Smee's like, okay, I guess you're gonna 
okay, like I'm not going to stop you if you don't want He's me like, to. No, Smee, Smee, don't try to stop me, Smee, try to stop me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, just the timing of that cell scene was funny. So he, there's that. There's the fact that um, the reason why he's brought Peter Pan's children, I mean, let's talk about that. Why does he have Peter Pan's kids? I mean, he's obviously, he's trying to bait, you know, bait him out, you know, and, you know, so he can finally have a either a glorious death or kill his mortal enemy you know like that yeah i like that yeah and that's what i think's interesting is that captain hook could leave peter pan alone and he would have been peter banning the rest of his life would have never known anything otherwise mm-hmm. he wants this war yeah he, he wants this conflict i think the root of it is he is bored it's would seem so he it, it's kind of we kind of get a jareth and the goblins vibe yeah He's kind of like, listen, there's, I'm way up above these guys. There's I a, need somebody yeah. to match my wit, and these guys ain't going to do it. There's a strange uh, adversarial, yet there's an affection there. Yes, right. There's an affection for Peter. It's weird. There's almost this he like. He needs him. Yeah. He needs the conflict. He needs the challenge. Right. Well, yeah, because if he just wanted to you know, have revenge and kill Peter Pan, he'd have done it right then and there in front of his kids. That would have been the ultimate horrible way to kill him, you know, but yeah, he's like, no, you know, this is, you know, I don't know if you were going to get to that scene, you know, <laughs> obviously I don't want, I want to get ahead of myself, but. And well, look, Captain Hook, ever the showman. Yes. He oh, yeah. shows his people. He shows his crew. Look at what I got. Yeah. I got the kids of Peter Pan. And of course, Peter Pan, who so far has been successful in disguise thanks to Tinkerbell, can't contain he himself. He can't handle it. Which, of course, you know, of course, that's his baby. He doesn't understand that he's in a completely different world no. where the rules of his world don't apply. So mm-hmm. he comes out and he says, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, those are my kids. And Captain Hook can't believe what's standing before him. <laughs> his he face. He can't believe <laughs> what's standing before him. Yeah. He's, he's disappointed. Oh, yeah. Peter Pan is wearing still the clothes that he wore at uh, Granny Wendy's Gala, which is a tuxedo. Right. You know, he's got the pleated slacks. He's got the. <laughs> God the, bless the Yeah, he, with the tuxedo. You know, he's got the tie, the bow tie, and all mm-hmm. that. And he's threatening Hook and his men with all this legalese. Yeah. And meanwhile, Hook's like, this this isn't. He's like, explode out of there. Like, like, like this isn't. Where's him? the tights? You know? And I love where he gets real close and he says, you can't be my great worthy opponent. Ugh. And Smee gets it. He goes, it is him. He's, yeah, they find the scar that he gave him when he was trying to save Tiger Lily. So it's what's funny is we see Granny Wendy's, her disappointment and dismay that Peter's forgotten who he is, but that's also how Hook feels. He's like, what the heck? Are, yeah. What is, what is this? Right? Absolutely. And I like the idea that, that you know, and that it's a common... Uh, thing used in movies and literature of, of the of the of the villain and the hero that somehow need each other. Now Peter doesn't so much need Hook, but in a way, had Hook not taken his kids, right? W- would would Peter have ever gone on this journey? I don't think to so. find who he really is and well, to become a better person. No, and so, here, and, and here know. we are coming upon what I think is the. We talked about how hard it was to see Peter when he screamed at Jack. Yeah. I think equally, if not maybe even more excruciating, yeah, is when Hook sees, like, just I guess in his mind, you know, and 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 really in our minds too. I mean, he is no longer 
Peter Pan. Well, it's when it's when he says to go get your kids. Yeah, he says, you know what? If you want your kids, fly and go get them. Yeah, because he, he hoists them up in a in a net. Because we know that Peter Pan can fly. Right. Right. Peter Pan can fly. <laughs> Peter Banning has an issue right. with heights. Mm-hmm. Of course, Hook. Of puts course, them he up. does. <laughs> he strings them up, you know, high, like in a net. You know. He said, "All you have to do is touch their fingers, and and, and you can go home." Oh gosh, and this is awful. So he climbs up. Yeah, he's trying at first. But is he really, really giving it? It's he gives up. He gives up. He gives up staring at them. And it's he, and they're reaching. Oh, it's terrible. And Jack said, "Don't give up." Like he knows. Mm-hmm. But and, but Smee says it. Everyone's screaming, and then Smee Smee is like, "It's Peter Pan, all right, Captain." But he's been away from Neverland so long, he's forgotten everything. And everyone's like. And it, this it, it is, finally hits everybody. All the pirates are quiet, even sad. Yeah. And Cook's sad. He cancels the war. He's pissed off. He wants everybody to die. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the kid, he does like kill them all. And the kids are screaming and, 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 and they're let down. Oh, it's mm-hmm. devastating. And this is where I go into, you know, kind of message mode here. <laughs> um, you know, in the first, in the first part of this, we talked about when you're a child, you know, the weighty responsibility of being a parent that I think that we don't realize in the day in and day out is, especially when our children are small, how they look at us. They think we can do anything. You know, they think we can do anything. Yeah. They think as long as we are there, you know. Everything will be fine. Right. Like, uh, you know, my son gets scared at night and I sleep with him a lot. I do that because when I was a kid, I got really scared, but my dad was kind of like, no, no, you're not going to, you know. Like, just and deal I, with it, yeah. Yeah, you're going to deal with it. And I just remember so many nights being alone and afraid, and I just don't want my son to, you know, I, I guess on one hand you could say, well, he needs to learn how to, he needs to learn, he needs to, he needs to learn how to face his fear. And I'm like, right, but, I mean, I eventually grew out of that. All I remember was I felt like nobody was coming to help me. Yeah. So if I it's guess between if it's between traumatizing him, if it's between and having yeah. to come into his room at four a.m., I'll come into his room at four a.m. Right. Like so, I, you know, he gets afraid at night, and I know some nights he gets particularly afraid. Whether it's something he watches on TV or something that he just gets in his mind. And I remember one, you know, one night recently, actually, I was holding him, and he said, "I'm scared, Dad. You know, what if something pops out of the attic?" And I said, "Well, that's okay. No. I'm here." And I th- and right after I said that, I thought, you know what? If something actually did pop out of that attic. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd stand a chance. I was like, I, I, I'm not this like big, strong, like, and I told Brooke that, you know, I told you, I said, you know what, Brooke, if something actually did, if there was some monster in the attic, I, I wouldn't stand a We're chance. Toast. It would just, it would just be a delay before it got Yossi. I, you know. I mean, I would give it That's everything so I had. Terrible. But I'm just, I'm not saying I, I know, I know. Look, you know what I mean? I'm just saying no, yeah. like, but I'm, that's not, I'm what's not in the his strongest mind. man in the world. Yeah. I'm his dad, but but you said, but you're his dad. But you're his dad. You're his dad. I love that. Yeah, and that's all that matters to them. And I want to, and I, I, I think that's so important. But that's also why it was so devastating in this moment, because Peter Banning's not the strongest man in the world, but he's their dad. He's their dad, and, and I, I guess that's a, mes- that's a message for all those dads out there that might feel like, oh, I'm not this guy, I'm not that guy, I'm not, look, you are their dad, and that puts you above yep. all the other guys. I think the message is for these 
maybe there's a father listening now that feels like, you know, no, I'm not the strongest man in the world, you know, or maybe I'm not enough. Yes, you are because you're their dad. You're Mm -hmm. more than enough. And that puts you over all the men to your kids. Yeah. And you can, you know, lift the world like Atlas, you know, you can, you know, you are Superman, you are Batman, you are Spider-Man, you're their dad. (laughs) And I think that's why it was so devastating for Jack when, when Peter stopped short. He's like, no, don't give up. Right. And it's like, he knew his dad give, like he knew. He saw it. He saw it. And that's what makes way for Jack, what happens with Jack and Hook. So you might, yeah. So for me, like, yeah, you know, I might not be strong enough for the monster in the closet, which, you know, we know it's not real, (laughs) but I'm just saying that. But Brooks, like, it doesn't matter. You told me it mm-hmm. just, it just, I just thought it was a, it was, it was good for me to hear. Aww. So it doesn't matter that you're not as big as the monster in the closet in his mind. You're his dad. So that makes you bigger. capable. That makes you capable. And I think that's why it was so, it's so excruciating to watch Peter just hang. And then eventually he just lets go and the pirates take him, right? You ever, have you ever felt that way when they're like, you know, you, they, they feel like they're afraid and you're like, don't be afraid. But then you're like, well, golly, if something really did happen, I don't know what I'd do. Well, like, but, um, I, I guess, in the thing, you know, I, I have a 10 year old and I have a six year old son. They share a room and uh, sometimes um, they'll, they'll be watching TV or whatever. And I guess Nathaniel, he put on like Stranger Things one night, you know. Oh, dear. Yeah. And uh, Kieran, Kieran loved it. <laughs> And he lo- that that's the thing. He has this like love terror relationship with a demographic. Oh, absolutely. Like thing. That was me. It's his favorite yeah. thing that's, in the world. Yep. I made one out of clay right here. Oh, no. yeah. oh wait, let me see. Wait, is he showing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. My God. The people can't that's, see it at home, but yeah. yeah I haven't painted that's it. That's incredible. <laughs> it's really good. He wanted, he, he wanted a- me to make it. Anyway, so I made it for him, and but it's like he's terrified of it too, and, he, and, and, he, and so every night, every night before bed, he's like, "Dad, if a demogorgon came here, would you punch it in the face?" I was like, "Yes, sir, I would punch it straight in the face." <laughs> oh, now you and I both no know that if a demogorgon <laughs> came in my we're, house, we're, right, I'd be like, "Ah, yeah, we're done." Like I'd be, I'd be throwing be like knives Bob. at it. Like I'd be like throwing knives. We're we're, we're out of here. I'm yeah. <laughs> grab the kids and just start running in the woods. It's like right <laughs> it would be no it wouldn't be like you know it wouldn't be like that it's no the, joyce buyers no. like gotta get mm-hmm. a thing of christmas no lights, but like, as long oh, as my man. kid thinks that i can punch this thing in the face and and, and it would be <laughs> dead then that's all that matters right that's i think so that's so sweet. important you know i think it's so important for not just dads but also moms just understand that yeah. like when you feel mm-hmm. like oh god i'm not i'm not super mom i'm not super dad i'm like no you're their dad yeah and you're their mm-hmm. mom that's it you're blank. Insert your kid's name, dad. Insert your kid's name, mom. Yeah. And that is more that gives than gives you enough. superhero status. Yeah. I'm, I might know that, yeah, like you said, if the Demogorgon showed up, <laughs> it's not going to be like Thor coming in, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the famous right. Avengers scenes in, in, uh, in Infinity Wars when Thor shows up in Wakanda. Yeah. It, it's not going to be like that. No. It's going to be like, you know, all right, let's get out of here. Let's go. Uh, pack right. them up. It's going to be go. Captain America pre-Captain America. Yeah, it's going to be pre yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because in their eyes, you know, yep, it, it, we're more we're more than enough. And I, I think that's why, again, I, I go back to why it's so excruciating to watch Jack see and realize, like, even though he's telling his dad, don't give up, and that he wants to go home, he's mm-hmm. saying it in a way that's like, I'm not going to go home and he is going to give up and Peter does give up. And I think it's, you know, Jack's at a really young age for it, obviously here, but you know, we do all grow to watch our heroes become mere men and women. 
And um, that is something that happens. Just like you said, you know, we're their dad, their mom. And and one day they grow into realizing that we are people too. You know, th- that maturity happens. But sadly, Jack is experiencing this too young. In this moment, he's like, well, my dad should have been my hero. But turns out he's crap. And now Jack is just in this really, really dark place. Maggie is still young, I think. I think Maggie's still like, my daddy will save it. You know, she's right. still just daddy's girl. Yeah, like she's still many very, girls she's, are. She's still very optimistic and yeah. encouraging throughout the film. She is. She's she is Wendy's granddaughter, that is for sure. I think so too. I, I think, think she's yeah. got that sparkle. Um But before all of this turns bleak, Tinkerbell does intervene with Hook. Well, she just well because Peter just because because Hook has just said kill them all, right? Peter doesn't have any fight and still has not has is not even beginning to understand right. who he is yet, and even I, after yeah. seeing everything he's seen. And I think this moment devastated him too. So she so Tinkerbell makes the challenge like I, what is it? Give me three days. With yeah, give him? me three days. Like give me three days to get him in shape and you can have your dirty old war. Right. She like me and the Lost Boys will take care of it. So of course Hook remains on the Jolly Roger with his crew and his coterie of ne'er-do-wells <laughs> along with Jack and Maggie. Yes. Peter goes defeated back into the forest. Right. Well, he does fall into the ocean first by accident. Right. Yes. And he's saved by the mermaids and that was a nice right. kissing scene for Robin yes, Williams. Yes. He was kissed by like four three, Yeah, three mermaids. Yeah, I remember you right. also was like, who is that? So he's taken to the <laughs> forest though and this is very important oh, because yes. he meets the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. And it is the coolest land in all the world, and I wanted it to be real so bad when I was a kid. And and it should be noted that, that this movie was filmed entirely in a soundstage. Like, was it really? Yeah. Everything in it wow. is matte paintings and like wow. built sets. There's no green screens. This is before CGI was a big thing. You know, I so. love that. Yeah, you, you have to really appreciate, like, I mean, just the Jolly Roger, that whole set. Somebody built that entire thing, God. every single detail. It's just so and, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I mean, just, and and sometimes you can kind of tell it's filmed in a stage, in a soundstage, and it's a little sort of, like, kind of takes you yeah. out of it. If, if you know what a soundstage is, and if you know, but if you're, if you're not, like, <laughs> that's why like, I hate knowing too much sometimes, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to watch the movie and, like, be totally immersed, but just let um, me have this. But this movie does a very. I mean, considering that, I didn't know that until recently. But like now, knowing that, and I watched it recently, I'm like, mm, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> that but scene, as, that one scene, I can, I can tell. But but I think like, that as a kid, it it translated all because you could tell that things were tangible, things were real. It wasn't like mm-hmm. fake. And even when we go back now, yeah, sure, it might be a soundstage, but those are real things. Those are real like. Flowers yeah. and trees and whatever, and that right. exactly. That. And like, I mean, as, as as much as I love them, like all the Marvel movies, like half of them, half the movie, if not more than the movie, is filmed in a studio with a green screen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah no, that's true. Okay, so Peter meets the Lost Boys when yes. he gets there, and yes. this is important because the Lost Boys are also appalled at Peter's current state. They're right? Like, They're like, man, what what is this? What is this? You're old and fat. Yes. Right. <laughs> Some of the Lost Boys, just to give a quick. Quick enumeration: We have Pockets. That's Isaiah Robinson. He's, He's a the tiny sweet, thing. yeah, little tiny kid Cutie, who tootie. who was who really I think always saw it in him. He, or, he, he, or yeah, he 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 was like, I'll investigate because I see something. He was the one who really kind of 
saw it in, and of course that really sweet tender scene where he grabs his face. It's the scene. The music's beautiful. All that they've drawn the line in the you know this is after we meet Rufio, but like you know they've drawn yeah. the line in the sand and he's examining his face and then he he finds him and he's like oh there you are there you are that's and just, I weep yeah every it's time sweet. every time because uh, you know what I said earlier it's like you know y- you can you can put all these layers on yourself but they're layers under all that is who you really are yeah and pockets was able to see. And then they all started. And they it. all started to see. So we have, I think it's, uh, if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry, it's Roshan Hammond as Thudbutt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the Lost Boys. Uh, don't Ask, Too Small, Latch Boy, No Nap. That's some of No but, Nap. <laughs> but the bottom line is, there is a new leader of the Lost Boys, oh, and yeah. he carries Peter's sword, and he's big, and he's tough, and he's intimidating. He's really cool looking. He is freaking cool. He's an excellent character. This is Rufio. Yes. Right? Rufio. Rufio. Yeah. Dante Bosco, who who is self-proclaimed, calling himself the pan. Yes. And Peter's like, you know, I'm not interested in that. I just want my kids back. He's like, that's fine. Great. That's fine. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, is that, you know, Peter's like, I just want my kids back. But yeah. In order to get his kids back, he has to be the pan. So not only does he have to get through himself, he's got to get past Rufio. Right. Right. Meanwhile, Tinkerbell is intermittently trying to convince everyone like guys he married Wendy's granddaughter hooks kid get up his kids like yeah. she's trying she's to, trying like- to kind of get <laughs> catch him up you know he's and mar- thanks to pockets right he wins over the lost boys and they agree to help him right and so begins the journey and the first one of the first things he has to do with the lost boys is learn how to use his imagination <sighs> we see that so with, the, with, with the big feast that okay okay everyone who's ever seen this movie yeah has wanted this meal with the cakes and the frostings <laughs> yeah. and the freaking cheese with a face in it. Like, right. what the heck, man? Well, you see them eating and, and nothing. They start yeah. off eating nothing. He's like, what the heck Eat, is... What? There's nothing here. Gandhi ate more than this. Right. <laughs> but it, it's actually Rufio that brings it out of Peter. They start this insult. Which is the best insult fight ever. And it comes out. It just... It comes... And he totally shuts Rufio up. Mm-hmm. And that's where we first hear Bangarang, which is important and because I, uh, Rob Williams gives a really good comeback and thud, but Bangarang, Peter! Yeah, and I love when he throws the food and it, you really see it this time. Yes. And I love this. They're like, you're, you're, doing do- it. you're doing it. They're so happy for him. They're so happy to have him back even though he's like 40 years old and he's <laughs> such an adult. But isn't that kids, though? Like, really? Like, kids are so... Yeah. Like, hey, just come play with me. It's fine. It's interesting how, you know, Peter was a boy, but... And now he's an adult. It's almost, but he's almost been like he's always been like their father, even though he was a kid. Right? Yes, because I mean, in the book, you know, he the whole reason that he likes he's excited about Wendy's. He's like he, she'll be our mother, right? But we have a problem. Right back on the Jolly Roger, this is a <laughs> terrible, terrible thing. Yes. Uh, between Smee and Hook, the decision is made. We're going to turn Peter's kids against. Well, him. really, it's all Smee, but yeah. Hook, of course, is like oh, what a great idea. Man. Yeah, what? A, yeah, yeah, but. He begins to specifically work on Jack. Yeah. To essentially make him like a, a Captain Hook protege. Mm-hmm. You know? Because he, not because he cares about Jack. No. Because, because he knows it'll piss Peter off. I, I right. love that, that line. I can't remember it verbatim, but it was something like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll fight, he'll fly, and then he'll die. You know? Yeah, he'll fight, he'll fly, he'll crow, and then he'll die. Ah ha! Ah ha! That, that right. laugh. Ugh. 
Yeah, because that and that begins the Lost well, Boys training montage. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the first thing that they decide to do to help Peter find his, you know, his the, the pan within mm-hmm. is to steal Captain Hook's hook, right? Right, because so that's important. such a kid thing. Like, haha, get the we'll get, get the take hook. something of that, the bad guy. That would have been something Peter Pan would have done in his heyday. You know, so they think, you know, if we can get grown up Peter, Peter Banning now. Yeah. If we can get him to do it. Let's steal Hook's hook and it'll make him proud and then he'll crow like Pan. Right. And that'll be it. That'll be the transformation. Right. That's what they think. So Peter does go to attempt to get the hook. Yeah. And all the kids dressed and like, like stacked on top of each other with fake pirate But there's outfits. a problem. There's a problem. You know, I-, I would think Peter would probably think it's just any other day on the Jolly Roger. Mm-hmm. But it's not. No. Hook has created a baseball game. Yeah, prior to this, Hook has been working on Jack's mentality with his dad. Which, he was, even which was easy. A, he even points out, hey, he went to Maggie's play, but did he go to your softball game? Did he go to your baseball game? Right. He, did he really care? You know, most parents are just, they, they're, they're happiest before y'all are born. Like, he's really, yeah. and Jack's already vulnerable. He's hurt. He's wounded. It's not, it didn't yeah. take much for him to believe it. He feels like his dad doesn't think he's worth. So, because remember he, because I think that prior to this scene, it's the scene where he destroys all the clocks. Right. And he's like, you know, this is for never letting me blow bubbles in my chocolate milk. This is for this. All yeah. these silly well, things. You and realize then it gets that, deeper. Well, you realize that maybe Peter was, wouldn't let Jack goof off yeah, and be it, nuts. And then what, what makes Jack lose it is, you know, he's like, for, for never doing this, for never doing that, then for never doing anything with me. Wow. And then he's... He's done. He's he. You see what's That's, really bothering Jack. Yeah. That as a mom is so upsetting. Yeah. As a kid, it was sad. You know, well, I mean, I grew I grew up without a dad. I didn't have a dad, so yeah. I understood some of that pain. But I was like, man, it'd be worse to have a dad, and he doesn't want to do anything yeah. with you. I know, and I know so it's crazy, it's devastating. And, and Jeff, it's funny. I, I think, and Jeff, maybe you do this. I, I think about this movie honestly in moments when when Yossi is. And Kes both are absolutely off the wall, and I and I want to say, guys, guys, please, just stop. Right. You know, but and I'm I'm kid. not saying I'm not <laughs> saying that I, I I'm able to get it right every time. I I know there have been times when they've just been kids, and I've been like, guys, you need to cut it out. But there are a lot of times also when I say, you know what, let them run in circles around the house, right. let them jump on the bed, let them be children, let them, let them have their world, because when it's so true. It's so true, and I know that Jeff can speak of this, and I know that you can speak of it, Brooke. When you get older, this world becomes real so hard and so fast. Yeah. You've got to enjoy being a kid. You know what I'm saying, man? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like I was listening to our first podcast at work the other day. Um, I'm a welder, for those of you who don't know out there, and, you know, you're under the hood and you're welding and, you know, you're just kind of zoned in on what you're doing and we're allowed to listen to music and stuff or whatever on our, our earphones. And I'm I'm listening to the podcast and that part when Brooke says, you know, she says something uh, that was in, in the movie where, you know, you don't have a lot of time with them, you know, soon they're going to be like gone and then you're going to be chasing them. And yeah. I almost started crying. I was like welding and I almost started crying because... I think about all those times where I'm like, oh, guys, can y'all just be quiet? I'm trying to watch a video or I'm trying to do this. And then I'm like, like, I should be playing with them. I should be, I should be doing whatever they want because there's going to be, and and it's not going to be far from that. It's really not. One day, they're going to be gone. And I'm going to want, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to want these moments so bad more than anything else. Yeah. 
crap. You're going to the noise. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's true, though. This is, yeah. My mom was a real, and my mom has always been so supportive and wonderful. No, you know, oh, and yeah. again, you know, we love Roxy. my mom has her stuff and she'll, she'll be first to tell me now that I'm a parent. She'll say, look, I'll be first to tell you the mistakes I made. So you don't do them. So every parent makes mistakes. Yeah. My mom, in my mind, is the greatest mom ever and bats a thousand as a parent, you know, but, um, you know, she would always, one of her things was she was like really, uh, uh obsessive over order. Mm-hmm. And having things a certain way. She was like a better homes and gardens mom. Right. Like she, her she house totally was gorgeous. Yeah, still like is. It's her Southern house living could or whatever. be in a catalog. Yeah. Still. She, interior decorating and all that. Well, she would tell me, and I, I didn't know this until years later, <laughs> that she would uh, she would say, you know, she goes, Toby, she said, um, <laughs> when you and your sister would decorate the tree, you guys would just hang them every which way. You'd clump them together. It was like ha- all at the bottom. Yeah, they were like all at the bottom. <laughs> she goes, and when you'd go to bed... I would move them. I would space them out around the tree the way I wanted them to make the tree look nice. She goes, I regret that all the time. She goes, Toby, let your kids be kids. And, and, and not that we weren't allowed to be kids, but, but as much as you can, you know what I'm saying? As much as you can. It's interesting. The thing that she looked, she zeroed in on that. and was like, I wish I hadn't, you know, I remember she, she did a great job. (laughs) I remember Yossi did this artwork and, the school <laughs> they made stickers made, out made, of them. Took his artwork and and I guess they did it for his whole class, but they printed stickers. Yeah, he came home. He had had this. It was I a mean, ladybug. He was had like paid, a, he had gr- drawn these ladybugs. He had drawn these ladybugs and he stuck them all over the house. They are still there. They're still there. <laughs> I, when I look at them, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> taking them all. Now listen, there. I'm not telling you to let your kids grab crayons and write all over no. the wall. You know, and we know that does happen unless you want that to happen. Right. Go for it. (laughs) I'm not saying let them just run wild and completely destroy the house, but let them. Let them live a little. Let them live a little. Let them be kids, you know, let them blow bubbles in the chocolate milk and stuff. It it really is. You see that maybe for some time, Peter just didn't let Jack be free as a kid, Mm -hmm. you know. And Hook is going to capitalize on this. Yes. Yeah, so, so all that to say, that's the that's that's the backstory leading up to this game. Because we have to remember, he pointed out to Jack he never came to your baseball game. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to be the dad that goes to his baseball game. So it's all it's, right. It's, and it's what's yeah. what's again though to me what points out Captain Hook's sinister nature is that he's doing this, assuming Peter's not there, so he's going all these lengths. Right. To gain Jack's trust. And like, yeah, maybe Hook ends up having some fondness for him, but Hook is far too self-involved to really love another person. So to me, that's a really deep, sinister path to take Jack on when Jack will lose in the end. Yeah. If if it went the way Hook wanted. I'm just like, I don't, I think I'm just now realizing actually how dark that is. Because I was so, when I was little, I was so caught up in the movie, like, oh, he got a home run. Yay, run home, Jack. Home run, Jack. But now I'm like, well, dang, Hook, you are really playing a, a very right. dangerous mind game on this channel. And, and it's sad because Jack actually does hit a home run. I know. And and Peter is unable to fully relish in the and moment. He's, but he's, but he's still finally. cheering for him. You I know. know. It's sad. But ultimately, this this causes Peter to leave complete, yeah. completely dejected. His hook says, "My Jack." Right. Oh, it's awful. You see, and him pick then him he's up like, and, "My Jack." Yeah, I remember that. Yes, yeah. I was like, "Yes, thank you." Finally, you you're get getting it. it. <laughs> you he's know? closer to his happy thought. 
he's getting there. He gets back to Neverland. Excuse me. He gets back to the Lost Boys, you know, and he's completely dejected. And this is where Tinkerbell has to come in again and say, you've got to remember who you are. So he finds the treehouse, Wendy's treehouse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The bed for Michael and John. And he's beginning to remember his adventures. And this is where, Brooke, I'll let you take this. This is where we find out what happened. Yeah. And Jeff, feel free to interject as well. So what happened? This is where Peter remembers, like, oh, my gosh, this is how I became Peter Bannon. Well, and, the th- yeah, I think the thing that's interesting is I, as, I mean, now, not when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, I was just along for the ride. I was like, take me where you want to take me. Um I when I when I saw this part, I I now assume oh well they would probably tell about what we know, which is Wendy coming and Michael and John, and then you know them fighting the crocodile. No, it was him as a baby, and he says I remember my mother, and um it, it, when they show his mom, it looks like Edwardian, like the nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, which is when Peter Pan was written. So it right. makes sense, you know. Peter Pan was a boy, like a young boy. So he would, it would have still been in the nineteen hundreds, nineteen tens, you know. So it makes sense thematically. Um, when he meets, when you know, he remembers meeting Wendy. Um, because Tink, Tink's the one that finds him. Tink finds baby Peter crying because he says Peter ran away as an infant. I'm not sure how that works, but right, whatever, you know. Babies apparently have a will of their own and can make their strollers move. Um, so he's laying in the street, crying in the rain and Tink finds him. He says, you taught me to fly. You took me to Neverland. So Tink is like his other mom. Yeah. You know, in a way. Like his benefactor. His benefactor. Yes, benefactor. But then he remembers seeing Wendy and her getting older and older because yeah, and that he has was no so concept sad. of time. I, I think it's Gwyneth Paltrow's part. It Jeff, was I'm Gwyneth mistaken. Paltrow. Where, where That's she, right. Where she turns over and is like, Peter, I'm older now. You've Well, we when she's young, you know, it's Gwyneth Paltrow, pretty, pretty and then she gets older like in her 20s then like her 40s and then it's Maggie Smith oh gosh and it's tragic and he's like what like you <laughs> you don't see his face but like he puts his hand out and he jerks it back real hard I'm like oh oh I, I imagine that was tragic for both of them I mean more but, for Maggie and that's you know, when you Peter's realize kind of... when Maggie's like like Maggie when Wendy kind of has it for Peter she still has it for him because for her part she never stopped I guess loving him no, I think she did. But yeah, I, I think, think Peter was not mature enough to to love her. But there was something about Moira. Yeah, he saw Moira with her hard days, hard days, night poster. But Wendy sees it too, yeah. right? Yeah, he he says she goes, he goes, I shall give her a kiss. And she goes, no, no buttons, no thimbles, because not doing this, we're not doing that. And he goes, no, I'm gonna kiss her. And she's and she's like, dang it, you know, like yeah. it, it happened. He fell in love. And that's and then that's, and that's he why he stayed. Yeah, and then he remembers the, the the next memory is the key memory, and he remembers. This is important. This is the happy thought. Yes, guys. having what is the one thing? <laughs> what is the one thing that gives that gave Peter the most happiness where he could fly again? What was it, Jeff? His kids. It was becoming a father, right? Yeah, and and of course Jack was s- his firstborn. We see him holding Jack. It's such an incredible sweet moment. And then in that moment. He's he we're back and I got it. And he starts flying immediately. And if I'm not mistaken, he's now in the green Well, like in the treehouse, she goes, he's holding the bear and he drops it because I lost it. And then Tink says, Just hold that happy thought, Peter. And then and he busts through the tree. He's in the tights. He's in the green. Yeah. He's got his hair all feathered back like freaking Farrah Fawcett, and I love it. Yeah, and he and the the music the music is a character in this scene. It is a, it, I'm telling you. 
this music is like a character. Yeah, it's John Williams. Like it's almost I can almost touch it. Yeah, Ugh. and that's so such a great best uh, scores ever. <laughs> yeah, and if and if you look at if you have the Peter Pan. Uh, if you look at the hook score, it's eleven minutes long. It's called uh, was it? It's called Remembering Childhood because Remembering it, Childhood. it begins with the baseball game and right. ends with this. What we're talking about right now, right? You know, so it's it's it encapsulates like a good chunk of the of you know this movie. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to the soundtrack all week just because I'm like, oh man, it's just so good. Yeah, and but this scene is just the. I mean, I remember this is the scene when I was little mm-hmm. after I saw the movie. When I would be alone playing, I would think about it, and I remember I would sit where this window was, where the sun was shining through it, right. and I would think about it, and I would imagine flying, and I'd start crying because it, oh, wow. it was because it was so overwhelming to me emotionally. Yeah, it, it it's I I I I don't understand. I you know Steven Spielberg, I believe, has said that this is not that he was rather disappointed in this film. I I don't get it. I mean, I get I respect that because this is his film. And right, he's the he can artist. say what he wants. He can say what he wants, and he's Steven Spielberg, right? But yeah. I and just, I mean, well, it, it wasn't it wasn't received very well by critics, you know. And it's it's one of those things that's kind of it baffles me even to this day. Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's so, such a, there's so much good that this movie does when you think about some of the crap that does get like eighty yeah. percent tomatoes and crap. So like it, I mean, yeah, it it, it is not without its flaws, you know. And we can we right. can get into that later, but. Yeah, uh, this movie is it's. It, it I all, think it, it does it, far more right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as Brooke said, he is now Peter Pan, and when he lands before the Lost Boys, yeah, even Rufio, he like kneels, has to admit. Mm-hmm. He says, "You are the Pan," and then what does he do? But he hears no, because well, you can fly, you can fight, but you can't, and that. Yeah, he Everybody grows. grows. And what's great is that the rivalry is over. Yeah. And Peter and Rufio are buds. And I yeah. I love that. Because I remember being thinking like, oh, no, are they still going to be, is he going to be mad? Right. No. Instant BFFs. No, and he, I love that. He couldn't deny that Peter Pan is now standing before yeah, him. Because ultimately, in Lost Boy World, it's all a game anyway. Right. So, okay, Peter won. That's fine. We'll keep playing. Um, I just, yeah, that scene is just fantastic. <laughs> and of course, after this, there's this moment where he has with Tinkerbell, he, he shares this moment. Cause he's where, fully Peter Pan now. Well, I think Tinkerbell's kind of like, look, you know, I think in her mind, you're now Peter Pan. She has some unfinished business. Obviously. Yeah. And I think she knows he's, I think Tinkerbell has always been the optimistic, like you're going to, once you become Peter Pan, nothing's going to stop you. Right, right, right. I think she sees where this is going. You're going to save your kids and you're going to go back. So she has this moment where she can kind of profess what I guess is has been in her little fairy heart. Yeah. And which is this tremendous amount of affection and feelings for Peter. And she kisses him. And that kind of happens. Yeah. So that's the thing. And then then it's back to the. Then we're back to the plot. Back to the the, the mission at hand, which is it's time to get ready for war, right? Yes. We had this really great. Yeah. The the track listing is the ultimate war. It's so good. So we have this montage, you know, the kids are getting ready and stuff. They're a little sweet, like rudimentary, like, uh, you know, warrior garb. Right. And then they go to the Jolly Roger. And to our shock, Jack, of course, is there. So is Maggie. Jack is dressed 100% like a doppelganger, a little mini-me of Captain Hook. Right. And he's like, at this point, 
I believe there's been a moment where it's like he doesn't remember. You know, Maggie's like, you know, Jack, you know, you don't remember. You're not supposed to remember your parent or something. That's Neverland, right, because, well, that's why Neverland in the game. Makes you forget. That's why in the game, when they say uh, run home Jack, he for a second's like, wait a minute, what? And then, like, oh, my bad, we mixed it up. Home run Jack. Yeah. So Jack says, don't forget. Or Maggie says, you know, don't forget. Neverland makes you forget. So right. it's already, and, you Sorry. know, again, we know that Jack, P- Hook's been working on Jack. So he's been yeah. trying to make that happen. So Jack is 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 so kind of he's hookified. Yeah, yeah. And here comes his father. Here comes Peter Pan with the Lost Boys. And of course, there is a a fight. There and is. He, Jack even says, "Who is that captain?" And he goes, "It's Peter Pan." Yeah. Oh, Hook couldn't be more. Like, yes. He couldn't be more elated that his great worthy opponent is now in the flesh before yeah, him. Yeah, I gotta look up that quote. You know. So as of course we have the, the, this fight montage. And, you know, Peter's flying around, you know, in, in in all his Peter Pan glory. Of course, there is tragedy, as with all battles between good and evil. And in this case, it's Rufio who engages Hook in a duel and is killed. He dies in Peter Pan's arms. Yeah. And and what's sad is all through the movie, we see Rufio and the Lost Boys. They, they just live and thrive off of being Lost Boys. Yeah. But in the last moments of Rufio's life, what does he want? He says, do you know what I wish? And Peter says, what? And he goes, I wish I had a dad like you. And watching that. Jack sees is it. Is Jack. And he's crying. He says, oh, dad, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's. Ugh. For Rufio, so I just want to say it's sad because in, in, in the last moments of his life, you know, and, and, and w- w- with so much clarity as his life is in yeah. Rufio. He he wants his dad. Right. He wants a dad. Yeah. And Peter was able to kind of be that for him. For a time. For a yeah. time. In that moment. So Jack, this this makes Jack kind of wake up. And then we have the big showdown. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and what's the famous quote? That Peter he, that, says, oh, I mean, sorry, to, Hook, to Hook says, uh, uh, prepare to meet thy doom. And then uh, Peter says, dark and sinister man, have at thee. And that's from the book. So I was very pleased. Yeah, yes. it's a little, it's, it's slightly different, right? But it's, it is slightly different. Now, so dark and sinister man, have at thee is definitely a quote. There's a lot of lines in this movie that are, there are slightly different, but from the book. Yeah. yeah. So with Peter's children reconciled to him, he now is going to dual hook. And of course, Peter gains the upper hand. And this is where I'm going to throw it to Jeff because this is where the movie actually loses points with Jeff. We're going to talk <laughs> oh, about. So okay. Jeff, so go for it, Jeff. So there could have been a thousand different ways this could have gone down, but how it went down, Hook's demise, is that the Croc, of course, his ultimate right nemesis, falls. You know, it, it's a clock now. He, he's been it's been turned into a clock. Yeah, it's been taxidermied. Yeah, because right. it, as as we found out from that original. Drawing that was that was drawn. Um, Hook didn't was not eaten by the tro- by the croc. He he actually killed the croc, you know, and turned it into a clock. And right. that is really uh, Captain Hook's ultimate, you know, enemy is time. And that's it's time. He yes, hated. he hated the right. croc. And that's also time, a quote. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get that they they ultimately wanted to make it like a full circle. I'm sure that's what they <laughs> were thinking. But yeah, the croc it it, it sort of just collapses. For no reason whatsoever, <laughs> it's, it's been it's been sitting there for like five hundred years at this point, probably. And now it now it decides it's gonna fall and fall right oh on. Oh my god! And then it eats him somehow. And then Belch's, I know, like 
It's dead. It's one of those infuriating moments when you have this magical movie, this ultimate, almost perfect movie, and then that something like that happens. And I know. Does it? Yeah. And you said. And you said it burps, right? Like, it yeah, it belches. Burp. It belches. It's dead. Oh, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I just right. I have to wonder what was Steven Spielberg thinking? Did Maybe he, take he was that like, day off? Yeah. Like, what's going on? He was on? like, I was actually on vacation those days. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it, it would have been poetic justice if it had just, you know, somehow. Somehow they made been it a live it crocodile. <laughs> it just fell and crushed him. That would have been enough. That would have been great. Right. Then you wouldn't have had like right. some horrific like part where you know Peter Pan has to you know stab him. You know, but yeah, he stabbed Rufio, so it would have been justice either way. But I don't know. I just feel like they wanted to somehow pay homage to the original, you know, book. But yeah, yeah, it seemed a little kind of like uh let's just let this happen <laughs> uh i guess and and i think the only thing more... i can i can surmise with my i don't know i don't know just thinking about it is that it, the quote from the book is it's you know it's like it's like the crocodile time is chasing after all of us isn't it well so the only thing that i can surmise is that even though he killed the croc or he thought he killed the croc he still didn't get rid of the fact that time is still chasing after him. Right. Which, you know, the the crocodile had filed that the crocodile had swallowed a clock, which is why ticking scared him. Uh because there was a a clock in the belly of the croc, which is why that was the ultimate mockery. So, I mean, t- it's still a stretch though, like it's still kind of like you kind of have to <laughs> you kind of have to bend some things to get there, but like if that's what they were going for. I don't know if the I, qu- get it. I, I don't know if they were saying what if the croc was actually alive the whole time because I believe the clock falls out of its mouth. It does. And then it moves and then it like looks down and growls. It's like, just kidding. Right. Been alive this whole time. You know, because it is Neverland. But yeah, I guess, I I mean, well, to the Lost Boys, everything's a game. So I guess like whatever you imagine, if imagination really is a character in this movie, you know, I guess that could be true. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look, as an adult now, I'm like, "Mm, I... Okay. I mean, I, I, I'll, can I'll see take how, it. I don't fine. think I questioned it at all when I was a child. I, I did not. Oh, I, I didn't. Right. I didn't. <laughs> but the the bottom line is, um, even with that criticism, you know, of course we know it doesn't take away from the film as, in its entirety. And Peter Pan has won. Yes. Peter Pan has won. He's reconciled with his yeah, children. No more hook. No more. He and the Lost Boys are partying. Right. And the sad news. Yeah. Is that. Peter has to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he, he has to. You yeah, know, he's, he needs he's, to. He has a life. He has Earth. built a life uh, in our world, you know, in, in this world. So he decides to leave. The Lost Boys, of course, are, are saddened. And and uh, their, their question is, you know, who's going to lead us? And they're like, well, you, the, the problem is you're going to leave and you're going to forget us all over again. And he goes, no. No, he's different. Time. He's different. He has found his happy thought. And in a greater, in, in a much greater way, has has in a much greater sense, yeah, has found out it's more than just to his. find a happy thought as an adult mm-hmm. comes with choices and mm-hmm. cognizance. Where as a kid, you're just having fun, yeah. you know. But as an adult, you journey back to that place and you yeah. consciously take hold of it, yeah. And that so, that changes you. So he's and that, ta- that's yeah. what happened to him. He's going to take Peter Pan back with him. He's go- that's yes, who he's going right. to be, and he'll make a choice to be to. Remember what Peter Pan is right. and who Peter Pan is every day. It's it's different now. To grow old but not grow up. Right. Right. Yes. So 
Peter appoints a successor, <laughs> Thudbutt. He gives him his sword. Because he and Thud have some true sweet conversations. They oh, do. and that's right. Thud had uh, Toodles Marbles. Yeah. And he gives Toodles Marbles to... To Peter. To Peter. And they go back to Kensington Gardens. And he says... Back well, to London. Well, before they leave, the kids say, that was a great game. Yeah. I always loved that. Yeah. And then he says in return, thank you for believing. Yeah. So, again, back in London, Tinkerbell appears to Peter. She says goodbye. This is it. This is mm-hmm. actually goodbye. And departs. Leaves. Uh, and a man who looks very much like Smee is cleaning up bottles in the yeah. snow. And he thinks that Peter Pan, he thinks that Peter's hungover. Right. And he's like, ah. I had a lot of those nights myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but he looks, I mean, it's Bob Hoskins. And Peter, <laughs> of course, returns to Granny Wendy's. He's changed, you know. The kids fly through the window and they're like, let's not wake her up yet. You know, right. it's real sweet. Right. Peter gives Toodles the marbles. And, of course, Toodles <laughs> puts pixie dust on himself. And he, he is out of here. And he is out of there. He goes back to Neverland. Seize heart. the day. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. I know. And then what happens? And then, you know, they're 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 all reunited. Life is good. You know, Granny Wendy says, I missed the adventure again, didn't I? And um Peter reminds her that Yeah, he's like doesn't nah. mi- that, that you know, adventure He goes, Oh, to live will be an awfully big adventure. Yeah. You know, because one of the other lines he has before, you know, when he's face to face with Hook of the Book is to die will be an awfully great adventure. Yeah. And then at the end of this, you know, it's to live will be an awfully big adventure because they're watching Toodles like yeah. somersault in the sky off to Neverland and the family is reunited. So who knows? We have what, hope that yeah. Peter will continue in this trajectory. Yeah. That Jack and Maggie will. will have renewed trust in their father. Yeah. And Moira will keep being awesome and Granny Winnie will keep being awesome. Yeah. And, and, the, <laughs> and that maybe just maybe there'll be more adventures of the magical kind. Yes. Not just the fun stuff on Earth. So, and that ends Hook. It's been fun. I, I don't know. want it to end. I know I'm like sad. <laughs> we can always go back. Just like it's we true. went back to the labyrinth. It's true. You know, we can always go back. We hope you guys enjoyed it, you know. Uh, the takeaway for me, you know, and I know we've talked about, uh, really kind of w- woven throughout the All discussion. Throughout, yeah. uh, we talked about a lot of the messaging. But for me, it's just that, you know, you're just one happy thought away from getting back to who you're meant to be. And it's never too late. You might not feel like you're the person you're meant to be, but that doesn't mean that person's still in there. And for Peter Banning, Peter mm-hmm. Pan was in there, like yeah. you said, even when he didn't realize it when yeah. he was putting his hands he was, on his he was always in there. Yeah. So I always think about this movie whenever I want to get onto my kids for being nuts mm-hmm, sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, oh, just let them do it. Let them do it. Let them do it. I want my kids to say we were able to be kids, you know? Yep. Um, I want to sort of um just acknowledge how much this movie um kind of referenced or threw in easter eggs to the original story uh that um that um james barry wrote there's a lot of <laughs> there's, there's a lot of hidden stuff in this movie that you may not know about like um the ormond street hospital for children that wendy is being honored they're they're, they're like building a new wing or something and naming it after her that's a real place and um uh, james barry gave them the rights and the royalties to the peter pan story when he died and i guess eventually they they um <coughs> farmed it out <laughs> to disney and whoever but right um, <laughs> you know there's that there's the the statue that peter wakes up under when he comes back to the real world 
that's a replica of an actual statue that Barry um, actually had commissioned. Um, that a, kind of a thing. Peter, you know? a, Peter, a Peter Pan, right? Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and if anyone, uh, if you haven't seen it, I re- definitely recommend watching Finding Neverland about yes. Barry. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. And it, and it really, if you watch that and then watch this movie back to back, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of it. You, you, you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're gonna oh, see absolutely. A lot of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And Dustin Hoffman, ironically, is in both. Um, he is in you know he plays Hook, you know, in this, and then he plays like a producer, right? Uh, of the plays, and uh, in the f- special features of Finding Neverland, he he says that he, Dustin Hoffman says, you know, grow up, but don't be a grown up. Don't be an adult. You know, right. and, and I love. I'm like. You're Hook. <laughs> like he you're is. saying this in your Hook. He is Hook. That's I remember when I saw hook. that, I was like, are you kidding me? It was very, it was a very meta moment for me. Wow. But you got, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I was pretty much done. But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely recommend all that. Yeah. Um, And I mean, for me, I've always been a Peter Pan fan. I remember being a little girl and looking up at the night sky and trying to figure out which star was the second star to the right and straight out until morning. Right. I hoped that Peter Pan would come to my window. He did not. But um, this movie is just, I mean, it's the nostalgia treasure trove. And again, you know, just like Toby said, it just makes it makes you want to hold fast to that magical part of you that that doesn't grow up, that doesn't grow old and that doesn't that learns to take life not too, too seriously. No, and I got enough seriousness of its own. Exactly. Exactly. So I just absolutely adore this movie. I could. I could watch it all the time, and I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, analysis and stuff of it. Yeah, it's been great, and uh, we've been going a, a while. We knew we would. Oh you yes, know, oh yes. You know, any return to Neverland will this, take a while. Yeah, if this wasn't a two-parter, it'd be probably almost a three-hour episode. <laughs> we want to respect <laughs> the Lord of the Rings yeah, of podcasts, right? We want to respect your time, which is valuable and limited. So we thank you for any time you spend listening to the Tape Store podcast. We appreciate you. We love you, Brooke. Why don't you tell them? where they find us on social media. Right. If you're on Instagram, we are at the tape store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we're uh, the tape store pod. And if you'd like to drop us an email, you're certainly welcome to. We're the tape store podcast at gmail.com. And of course, leave a rating. Yes. Always great. Means a lot. Please do that. You know, we always remind you guys. Our day and it also lets other people know that, hey, there's a 80s, 90s yeah. podcast that's all right. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you like what we do, you know, leaving a rating lets other people know that you think it's all right. You think it's pretty cool. So anyway, we love having you here, no matter how many of you there are. So we're going to go ahead and close it down. Neverland's always going to be a place where we can go back to at the tape store. So mm-hmm. don't worry. I don't think we're saying goodbye. No. To hook, we don't say goodbye to anything. No. So. <laughs> I am definitely going to get the Hook Super Nintendo game. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> yes. And uh, so if if we get that, you know, th- there'll definitely be an episode just on that, just to have an excuse to go back and talk about <laughs> Hook. So, anyways, guys, thank you for inviting us into your home, your your ears, your car, wherever we are. We're happy to be here, and we love doing this with you. We will be back next week, of course, next Thursday. Yep, yep. With more great '80s and '90s nostalgia on the Tape Store Podcast. So. Please be there. We'd love to have you. Until then, this is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. Take care, guys. Bye. And don't grow up. <laughs> <laughs>